Welcome to Spill the Tea, a bi-weekly download of life, liberty, and the latest in culture and news with your hosts, Dr. Robert McClure and Sal Nuzzo. Welcome to another episode of Spill the Tea. I am Sal Nuzzo here with our CEO at JMI, Dr. Bob McClure. Tons of stuff going on over the last couple of weeks. Uh, the uh, Ukrainian-Russian yep. war is still right. going on. It is. But we are in the midst of a confirmation hearing for Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson, who has been nominated by President Biden to uh, be the replacement judge uh, for retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. She's been through the ringer the last uh, few days. Right. What's your take? Tons. Well, before we get to that, tons of, state ha- tons of things happening in the state. So there's a lot to cover in today's yeah. podcast. I think... Uh, you know, first of all, let's let's compare the decorum between the treatment of Amy Coney Barrett and the treatment of Judge Jackson. It's not even close. Um, the treatment of Brett Kavanaugh and the treatment of Judge Jackson. That, to me, is the biggest contrast Yeah, there. it's not yeah. even close. Now, um, you know, the Republicans are as big a grandstanders as the Democrats are in these kinds of things. But one has to admit... That the absurdity of the Barrett and the Kavanaugh hearings uh, compared to what we're seeing now, which is reasonably measured in comparison, um, they're unserious. This, the, the, this committee is unserious when it comes to picking a Supreme Court justice for the United States. Yeah, and I think also the kind of it's exposing the nature of the hearing process and the right. confirmation process itself as something that is kind of divorced from the serious discernment that I think should be taking place. Right. I think she's done a good job, whether I agree with her um, philosophically or not, she's doing a good job. I don't know enough about her because we don't really learn a whole lot in these committee hearings. Uh, she's probably going to be confirmed. She'll probably pick up a Lisa Murkowski, a Mitt Romney, maybe two or three other Republicans, Susan Collins. Um, but it's it's hard to know because I don't know if it's because of 24-hour cable news, Sal. I don't know what it is, but these committee hearings have become... Just absurd. It's like the OJ trial every time that somebody comes forth. Yeah, I think one of the things that I've likened it to is kind of this ratcheting effect that we have uh, over decades. And so I would date this back to the Ted Kennedy speech of Robert Bork uh, when that all went down in the early 80s. There have been inflection points on this process over the years, be it Clarence Thomas, be it uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. And so it just keeps getting more and more of a clown show. And I apologize for calling Calling it that, but that's just what it seems like. I agree with you. She'll probably be confirmed. I listened to some of her answers, and had I not known who had nominated her, right. there were some answers that she gave that I would have thought she was a constitutional originalist. Right. So um, I think there's a lot to be said for at some point taking a look at how this process lays out and what is really the use of it. Right. And to your point, the four uh, potential justices that you named, three of whom made the court, Bork obviously did not make the court, they were all Republicans that you mentioned that were that the the hearings were an embarrassment. These hearings are not an embarrassment. Uh, they're they're unserious and sometimes silly, but they're not an embarrassment. And I think that's the difference moving forward. Hopefully, I don't I don't have any faith in this, but hopefully the Democrats will learn from this. They did suffer electorally. 
uh, for their treatment of Kavanaugh. Um, but, you know, who knows going forward? Well, let's shift to a completely different topic. Let's uh, let's talk a little sports. Uh, we've got uh, Leah Thomas, yes. the uh, transgender swimmer. Uh, who just became the uh, Division One NCAA yep. champion? Who is a biological male who is transgender and and identifies as a female? Destroyed the competition throughout the uh, right. s- the course of uh, the NCAA championships and has generated a bit of controversy in the sense that there's been a backlash. There, right. there is an acknowledgement. Uh, not just from the folks who venerate Title IX, but from even folks in some in the LGBT community who are saying there is a place to figure out how the dynamics work, but this is damaging to women's sports. As the father of two daughters, and you are also the father of two daughters, I think it's very damaging to women's sports. Uh, and it does cut across political lines. You see a, uh, a J.K. Rowling, who is no conservative, the author of all the Harry Potter books, who has said uh, this, is, this is wrong. Martina Navratilova, yep. perhaps one of the greatest tennis players in the history of, of women's tennis, of any, any tennis, who has also said this is wrong. Uh, the left has tried to cancel both of them. Uh, there are a number of other... Uh, athletes and and famous people who are saying, hold up, not that I care what Hollywood thinks, because typically they're so far to the left, they're not um, uh, Not, dealing with reality. right? But in this case, you can't take a biological male and have them compete in women's sports and expect the same consequences or the same results that you've had always in the past. And you also have, to your point about kind of the mob rule on this, you have uh, Twitter banning or, or uh, deplatforming the Babylon Bee for right. a satire post right. about the issue. Uh, it, it has permeated the political uh, realm. You have uh, Governor DeSantis issuing a proclamation uh, basically declaring that the second place finisher was the actual women's champion. So this is an issue that I think is not going away. Title IX has existed since I believe it was the 1970s. Right. And it, this is going to result in litigation that ultimately will have to figure out where everything kind of lays down and... You know, it's my hope that we move past it because at the end of the day, I think there are things that are far more uh, of far greater relevance to the United States, whether it be national security or economic progress and those kinds of things. But this is what the the media is is focusing on. Yeah, I think they focus on it in part to distract from the horrible economy and all the poor decisions that seem to be happening uh, coming out of Washington, the drama between the president and the vice president. Speaking of poor decisions, let's talk about the Securities and Exchange Commission. Yes. The Security uh, and Exchange Commission introduced a proposal to require publicly traded companies, Sal, to report greenhouse gas emissions. What do you think about that? Well, one, this is a a case of 
does this fall into the purview of the White House, the executive administration, in order to do this? Absolutely not. No, it does. This is something that should fall solely in the purview of the Congress. This is a matter for the legislative body, the legislative branch. So, from that vantage point, it it should be DOA as it stands. And and and, and how do you measure emissions? So, for example. Uh, let's take Disney. They've been in the news recently. Maybe you've heard. Um, do you, how do they measure their greenhouse emissions? What about the cars of the tourists who come to Disney World? Do those count against Disney? They would have to calculate what's it like every single flume plunge, right. every single right. ride of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. It's a small world, probably emitting a carbon footprint greater than than most of us. But yeah, you you bring out a a point about kind of we the the difference between intent and and reality. It's absurd. It's and, absurd. Yeah. And and this idea that we're going to somehow get to net zero by pick a number twenty fifty. Is crazy. Oil and gas represents over 90% of our energy needs. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. And this idea when China and India are not, by the way, held to the same standards that the United States are, is there 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 is first of all it's you can't measure it you won't know once you get what constitutes success because it can't be measured uh and and now we're seeing uh this absurd uh ruling potentially by the securities and exchange council well and and it goes to that's the actual goal it, it is not about a a real policy issue with no. a debate over the potential solutions. It is about exerting power and control. And I tell our interns here at JMI when I speak to policy issues and the and the rise of government oversight and 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 whatnot over the generations. I say the the key is remembering that all of human nature is about three things the acquisition, the maintenance, and expansion of power. And if you look at it from that dynamic, this is what is being construed. It is it is solely a power grab on the part of the federal government so that they can issue dictates down the road. That's right. And and it 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 uh, the idea that somehow this is actually going to result in anything that is meaningful. You know, not to get too you know too off off the off the point here, but these are the same pe- people that told us in the '60s that that the population bomb was going to ruin the country. They also told us in the '70s that uh, there was actually global cooling that was going to ru- ruin the country. In the '80s, when I was in high school, we were going to run out of oil. We had peak oil in 30 or 40 years. We we're going to run out of oil. Then it was global warming. Okay, but no, it's but it's not really global warming anymore. Now it's climate change. That's how they keep moving the goalposts. Climate change can be anything. And, and, and so the absurdity that somehow the federal government of the United States is going to ask corporations, as angry as I am many times these days at corporations uh, for their faux politics, um, to measure greenhouse emissions, it's, 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 it's absurd. Yep. Absolutely. All right, let's shift gears. Uh, proposal passed the United States Senate. It's in the House of Representatives now to make 
permanent daylight savings time. Are you are you favor? Are you against? What's your take? Well, I'm against, okay, for uh, practical reasons, because if you live in the northern states uh, in the winter, if they if they keep it one certain way, daylight savings times, it's going to be uh, uh, dark at 3.30 or 4. If you're out west, the sun won't come up till what, like 9.30 in the morning, it's and and really, but more importantly, I don't understand why we're wasting our time on this issue. Sure, it's great for Florida, but it's let's let's we have other burning issues like inflation, Ukraine, all of these kinds of things that matter more. I am entirely in favor of it. I don't care about people who live in North Dakota, and quite frankly, I am tired of changing the clock on my stove in my car every six months, twice a year, so I am in favor of That's it. That's a very much a first world problem. It is very much a first world self-centered problem, and yeah. I have no problem admitting that. Okay, according to the New York Times, um, we are now two full years into the pandemic. Uh, the agency that has been leading the country's response to the public health emergency has published only a fraction of the data that's been collected. Um, it, it, it says, uh, published the first significant data on the effectiveness of boosters in adults younger than 65, left out a huge uh, slate of numbers for a portion of the population aged 18 to 49, uh, the group that they were claiming needed extra shots. I mean, I think the, the narrative behind the response to the pandemic from about mid-2020 has just been bungled completely. It has, yeah. And I think we will look back on this period of time, generations from now, as a crime against our children, a crime against our, our grandparents. We we did not do things wisely. Right. So, so tell me your surprise that the federal government in its... Um, inherent incompetency couldn't report the correct numbers or or didn't want to yeah. report the correct numbers. Um, we've seen you need no mask, which people forget that was Fauci's original response to mask. Then we needed a mask. Then we needed double mask. We need one boost. We need one shot. We need one booster. We need two, three, four boosters, none of which have proven that it stops you from getting uh, COVID. Um, Jen Psaki, the uh, White House press Hillary secretary. Hillary Clinton. She's gotten COVID twice and has been vaccinated and boosted, I think, three or four times. Right. Yep. And the untold uh, damage it's done to our children in schools uh, uh, and, and to small businesses in states where they were not allowed to keep their economies open. You're absolutely right. We're, this is going to become, COVID is going to become, if the left doesn't win the battle to use it as a control, as a tool for control, this is going to become like flu season. You have to deal yep. with it the way you do flu season. You wash your hands, you don't cough on other people, and this, you keep your distance when you're not feeling well. So that's what this has been. Uh, and if you look at the numbers, Sal, if you aren't immunocompromised, if you aren't over the age of 70, okay, if you don't have a sec an, an illness already, your chances of surviving are in the high 90%. Oh, it's 99 point yeah, something percent. It's absurd. Yeah. Yep. So that's that that the 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 fear and the hysteria that the media has brought about um 
it, it, we're going to look back on this shamefully, I'm, I'm afraid to say. So we live in, uh, in Tallahassee. We're in Leon County here. Uh, in the state of Florida, there's been a lot of discussion over the challenges that are faced uh, with regard to affordable housing. Uh, we have seen real estate prices on the rise. Uh, while this is a local ordinance uh, that's being discussed in Tallahassee, it is something that I think uh, may have reverberations in the rest of the state. Uh, there is a proposed Leon County ordinance that would require specific new developments, uh, townhomes with garages, with more than a certain number of units, to include electric vehicle charging stations in the development plan. Right. So a mandate that in a time where we're looking to reduce the cost of housing will do nothing but increase the cost of housing. Not only that, the number of electric vehicles on the road is something around 1%. So much like the mandating of 40 handicapped spaces in front of a store that 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 do not use those handicapped spaces electric charging stations are going to be very similarly the same way electric cars are not taking over gas uh, cars anytime soon it's not going to happen and this to your point simply drives up the cost of housing in a in a state where the real estate market in in like Florida is through the roof, and we we need to find a way to make housing affordable, not more expensive. And if you're looking for an affordable house, you are likely not in the market for a seventy thousand dollar electric vehicle. So right. the logic makes no sense whatsoever. All right, let's finish up on sports. March Madness, we're in the thick of it. How is your bracket? Uh, as you know that our staff here has, uh, we always do an annual March Madness bracket. Each staffer does it, and the winner gets lunch from the rest of the staff, a free lunch. Uh, I'm not winning, I'll say that, but I will say this. All four of my final four contenders are still alive. And as we all know, the closer you get yep. to the final four, the more points you get. You, so I'm you, still in it. You're batting a 1,000 on your final four. I am also batting a 1,000. All four of mine have gone bust. So I am in the bottom 20% nationally of all brackets. I picked Baylor to win it. I had Auburn in it. I Whoever else I picked is long gone. So uh, I have stopped uh, paying attention. But <laughs> I did see. I did see. This was funny. You, you know, when you go to ESPN and you look at like your rank in the bracket. I think my rank is like three million six hundred thirty-five thousand two hundred ninety-one. I don't know how many out of how many, but I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I, th doing I think great. it's thirteen million. Okay. So I think you're in good shape. Top, yeah, top top thirty percent. All right, quick quiz, quick quiz, because because I, I got to admit, I was looking up a couple of these yes. schools that are yes. that are you know looking to put a, uh, the Cinderella slipper on um, Kansas. Give me all right. Give me the location of the following schools: Kansas, Lawrence, Kansas. Oh, you know that one. I did. All right, Gonzaga. I have no idea. I know it's in the state of Washington. Right. I don't know what the city is. All right, Spokane. But oh, we'll, we'll, okay. you have the state right. right. You have the right. state right. St. Peter's. Do not know the city. I know the state. New, New Jersey. Jersey. Jersey City. Uh, Jersey City. Okay. All right, here's one you should know. Arkansas. You're well, an SEC guy. Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yep. All right. My initial thought, because I'm not an SEC guy, was I was had to think Little Rock, right. but there is an Arkansas Little Rock, but it is not the, the big the That's big right. Arkansas. All right. Before we leave that, yep. who did you have in your final four? 
oh gosh, I had <laughs> Baylor, Auburn, I think I had Alabama, and one, I, I can't remember. It was just, I just looked at the bracket and all four were crossed out and I knew I was done. So. You had Baylor winning I had it Baylor all? winning. All right. I've yep. got the Zags winning it all, so I'm still doing pretty well. And what do you think of Tom Brady coming out of retirement? You, oh, it, I love it. I it, hope he can play another 10 years. I think it's great for the state. I think it's great for football. I like Tom Brady. I got tired of him winning because I didn't want the Patriots to win all the time. I will say this. I, and and, and listeners may not like this, I'm a pack. I, I like Aaron Rodgers, unlike most of the rest of the universe. Yeah. And I like the Packers. I really want them to win it. So, uh, one, one more before Rodgers retires. So that was the only thing I'm like, ugh, they got to go through Brady again. I love, I love right. the fact that Brady's back. Right. Champa Bay. Yeah, we, we are Champa Bay. We got to, we got to get him back. And, and he did get to the conference championship yeah. the year before. It wasn't like he was, you know, on fumes. So I think the guy still got it. What about you? Are you, are you glad he's back? Um, yes and no. I, for the reasons you suggested, I love it. For the fact that it just shows how woefully out of shape I am as a guy very close to his age, it gives me pause uh, just from that vantage point. Like I, I, it just makes me feel that much worse about my my own personal health. Why do you think you retired and came back so quickly? I bet there's some funny memes on social media. Oh yeah, we were. T- I've seen one that had something about he had to fill up his tank once and yeah. discovered he needed another year in the NFL. <laughs> Uh, he need to fill up his gas tank because of inflation, right? Giselle yeah. sent him to to go to the grocery store and bring the kids to school, and he said, I've had enough of this. Yeah. Uh, there are all kinds of stuff. So yeah. um, summer season, uh, we'll land the plane on this summer season. Folks are traveling, commuting back to work. Um, podcast, uh, listening tell, to anything. Yes, tell me what you're listening to podcast-wise. I, I finished a great one. It was a limited series podcast called The Rise and Fall of Mars Hill Church. Uh, it is one that I would suggest anyone who is uh, kind of a, in a larger church or who is uh, kind of uh, gotten caught up in the, the, the era of Christian celebrity. I right. would say, listen to this. It's a great cautionary tale. But then I'm also a massive Crime Junkies fan. So every week they come out with a new 45, 50-minute podcast outlining uh, some either missing person or unsolved murder or solved murder or historical serial murder. And just, I'm, I'm a fan of the blood and gore. It's great to unplug from, you know, the reality. And, you know, if I'm looking for an escape from politics and culture, yes. I'm going to listen to murder. That's great. That's great. Well, it's um, it's it's been a, an incredible uh, first few months to the year. Uh, we're out of session and now JMI will be on the road. Yep. We're going to be traveling uh, to Naples here very soon for um, some events down there. We're going to be in Sarasota. We're going to be in Palm Beach. Uh, and then we're going to start thinking and working on, as we get to the summer, our strategic plans as we move through the summer and move into the fall. We're going to have new House leadership, new uh, leadership in the Senate, uh, an election to think through. Uh, and so, you know, the work never stops at the Institute. And on that note, we thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. Thank you for listening to Spill the Tea. For more content from the James Madison Institute, follow us on social media or check out our website at jamesmadison.org.